You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So I, I've got to confess, just straight off as we start the show, Shannon, it's a little sad. Because... <laughs> I think I know what you're gonna say, Corey. Because Allen. I'm I'm now seeing you again through the you know the modern technology of a computer and back in our own homes, you know, two hours apart, no longer recording two feet apart from each other like we did at the getaway. At the getaway, I know the the song that was rolling through my mind as I turned on my computer this morning is "Oh, You're So Far Away." <laughs> <laughs> And now you know why I talk for a living and not sing for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, how much fun was it? It, it, it? Still kind of thinking back to, you know, we got four shows, but, man, more than that, we got four days with a lot of couples that was just fantastic time. Oh, and the feedback, yes. not just on the recorded shows, but on the whole experience was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And what I loved is everybody's just vulnerability and honesty, you know, just that coming into the whole experience with all these expectations and then reality set in, but then they were able to redeem so much. You know, yeah. I think that anytime you come into an opportunity like this, you think you're going to be swinging from the chandeliers in the first hour that you're there. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen, <laughs> but I think that the vast majority of them were swinging by the chandeliers by the time we were, we were on our last night together. And yeah. I think great for them to plow through some of the emotional stuff that they needed to plow through to get to that place where they could both swing from the chandeliers yeah. with with no guilt shame or inhibitions we covered a lot of ground during we during did. those four days and during those sessions and i think it's probably only appropriate that we do this <laughs> i think i think we need to sh share with our audience those that weren't able to make it to the getaway or even those that did go and are anxious about the 2016 Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. We have dates already set we, up. We do. Breaking news. There you go. We have <laughs> dates already set up. So that is June. I hope I get this right off the top of my head. June 23rd through the 26th. That's right. That's right. And the reason that we decided to do June instead of September is we heard from a lot of teachers who were not happy about the fact <laughs> right. that we planned this event like three weeks into the school year and there was no way they could take off. Right. So we hope that we have set dates in accordance with everyone's schedule that you can just plan well in advance and budget way in advance yep. and be able to join us June 23rd through the 26th. And it's going to be in the DFW area again. Yep. Hotel is still to be determined. We, we had some valuable feedback from those that were here with us this, this year and we're going to search for a location that even has more to offer, more walking. Yeah, it, pay, it was a know. fantastic yes. location. You did an amazing job choosing that particular place. But I think that everybody wanted, you know, like more things around the hotel yeah. to like walk. And Close do. proximity. So yes, especially yeah. in June in Texas. I mean, that's we're not talking the major heat usually. So it should be a good time of year. Right. Just go out strolling and to restaurants and coffee shops and antique shops and all that jazz. So yep. we're going to find the perfect location. Yep. So more details will come along in the weeks and months to come. But the dates are set June 26th through the June. No, ah, June 23rd. I mean, thank you for that catch. <laughs> June 23rd through the 26th. And it'll be follow the same format. We'll start that Thursday night on the 23rd at around 7 o'clock. So you got mm -hmm. that day to travel in. And then mm -hmm. we'll be done Sunday at noon or a little before 
depending on the hotel and what kind of checkout they make us make us follow. So yep. you can leave that Sunday and or Monday if you want to stay an extra day. There you go. I, I know couples who did that and we're really glad that they did. Yeah. And um, we are going to do our best to find a place that has a shuttle so that if you don't want to bother renting a car, you yes. will not need to. Yep. So yeah, we want to save you money however we can. Absolutely. Because we want you to join us and, and we're going to keep it at an intimate level like last time. I mean, I think that you know, mm -hmm. we're not talking, let's pack the whole place and thousands of people. We're talking, you know, 25, 30 couples, maybe a little more. We'll see. But some of our most faithful listeners. And hey, Corey, speaking of that, we need to make sure that everyone is aware that for people who join our Bed Buddy program and start financially supporting the show, they are going to get first dibs at registration. Yes. Uh, there'll be a certain date at which that's the cutoff where no one else can register except for them. Okay. Right. Yes. Because we want people who are financially supporting the show to be sure to have the opportunity to join us for those live events. We feel like that's a perk and a Benny that we need to offer our yep. supporters. So we will come up with that date and we will let you know for sure. But registration is not open until uh, that date passes for all of our financial supporters to jump on board. Right. And so if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, with the bed buddy program, just go to sexymarriageradio.com and look for the purple button. It'll be, and that's how you'll find it. That's anywhere you want to find the bed buddies. Look for the purple button. That's that's what that's going to be how you can be denoted. That you'll okay, find I'm it. having to crack up right now because uh, there was a little glitch in the timing of <laughs> Zoom that we're recording on right here, and you said uh, for my ears it sounded like you said, and so look for the purple butt. Oh, and, well. And it's like, oh. <laughs> if you want. Um, I don't have an answer to that one. So yeah, I, I don't know how she's going to feel about purple butt paint. So yeah, maybe um, not. you might just want to look for the purple button. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, we, um, we heard some really valuable feedback on a show that we recorded recently about porn and the secrecy of it and, you know, what's really damaging to the marriage relationship and how it erodes the trust. Right. And, uh, I guess I could say that we kind of got a hand slap, but it was in love because we know this listener and he is so, so supportive. Uh, but I do agree. He made the comment. He said, um, Shannon, why did you guys say that you weren't insinuating that if a man and a woman or if a husband and a wife enjoys looking at porn together and it's not a secret and they don't have a moral issue with it, that we're not trying to say you shouldn't do that. Right. He wanted clarification on why right. we would have said that. Right. So I thought we'd better clarify. Right. And let me kind of give the listeners up to get them up to speed, because if you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, welcome. We're glad you've joined us. And the way you can let us know what is on your mind, just like this listener has, is you can send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, leave comments and responses there. But we love um, to have a listener-driven show, pretty much. And so what, what we're referring to is actually episode 202 called dealing with porn and i know exactly what we're talking about because i remember the takeaways from that after we did the show that you know we try to not be a uh what would it be a a moral compass for people because it's kind of up to each person right but we uh, but it's still it's worth fleshing out a little bit more yeah yeah I mean, we trust that everyone has their own spiritual journey and everybody's at a different place and we're not trying to be the voice of the Holy Spirit in people's lives necessarily, because we trust that they can have a direct relationship with the Holy Spirit without needing to go through us as a middleman. However, we feel that we can be a voice of wisdom 
there's a big difference between being preachy and trying to tell people how they should live their life right. and uh, just saying, this is why we have chosen to have porn-free marriages and to encourage our clients to consider having a porn-free marriage. So I would like to revisit the topic from that angle. Okay. Uh, so this is certainly not to judge anyone. This is not to condemn anyone, but it is to clarify right. our particular perspectives so that if our listeners heard us say, you know, that we don't have a problem with porn, we want to clarify and make sure that they know that, oh, oh, that, that is our personal <laughs> conviction, but that has to be other people's choice. Right. You know, we can't force that on them. Right. Because I, I think where I, where I sit, I know for sure. And then from what I know of you, where you sit, we want to be voices that just help people make informed choices. And, and so this can be kind of a peeling back the curtain of here's how we've made our informed choice, I guess you could say. As, yes. as individuals, as professionals, because it's important to recognize that, you know, porn's a progressive thing most of the time, especially in a male life. That right. It, it becomes well, more and more addictive or deep seated. And people think that it's a male thing, but I'm sorry. That's I hear true. from so many yep. women who are just wallowing in guilt and shame because they think it should be a man's issue, but it's their issue. Right. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you about a particular season of my life where, I mean, porn had not been a regular part of our marriage life. I'm not going to say that I never, ever went there in those 20 years of marriage. Um, I did on rare occasion, but there was a point at which I felt so convicted by it. And uh, so I wanted to share with you that information that hit me upside the head and awakened me to the reality of what I was doing and what I was contributing to. Okay. Um, so I was writing the book, The Fantasy Fallacy, and there was a particular chapter that I wanted to do about how pornography is the fantasy factory. It fuels our fantasies with gasoline that makes them way out of control, you know, based on what they normally would be. Right. And in doing my research, I came across a book uh, by a Pulitzer Prize winning author named Chris Hedges, and the book is called The Empire of Illusion. And the subtitle didn't really jump out and grab me. It's the end of literacy and the triumph of spectacle. But it was highly recommended that I read this book by an, a much older mentor in my shrink wrap group. He said, if you're going to write on pornography, you really need to read this book. And so there's an entire chapter where Chris Hedges really unpacks the realities of the porn industry. And I just wanted to share, if I could, just a few of the bullet points that I excerpted from there and, and wove into the fantasy fallacy. And then a couple of paragraphs that he shares that I hope will be as eye-opening to our listeners as they were to me. Okay. So uh, I had said, if you're brave enough to peek inside, not just porn, but the real world of porn stars, read The Empire of Illusion. Uh, in a chapter called The Illusion of Love, he exposes how a 45-minute scene requires 13 hours to tape. So women are exhausted and their vaginas and anuses are ripped, sore, and bleeding by the time the shooting wraps up. How female porn stars are paid to fake orgasms because climaxing on the set never happens under such humiliating duress. Right. Which I can totally see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's How not just two stars? it's not just two people involved. I mean, you got no. it's you're on a set. So right. how many With, people are on a set? I mean with bright yeah. lights and cameras yeah. and yeah, yeah, not the most ideal no. circumstances for orgasm. How male stars take Viagra or inject a hardening agent into an open vein in the penis to keep it erect for hours at a time, which also becomes necessary at home when having sex with their girlfriends. Yep. 
how common it is for women to get pregnant, have abortions, and contract sexually transmitted infections, including HIV, because producers don't want actors wearing condoms. It's too expensive to Photoshop them out of the scenes. Yep. That made me furious. So I'm going to go on and, and read this uh, particular section about how there's no bigger fantasy fallacy than the porn industry, that porn films are not about sex. There is no acting because none of the women are permitted to have what amounts to a personality. Right. The one emotion they are allowed to display is an unquenchable desire to satisfy men. Right. Especially if that desire involves the women's physical and emotional degradation. Yep. The lighting in the films is harsh and clinical. Pubic hair is shaved off to give the women the look of younger girls or rubber dolls. Porn, which advertises itself as sex, is a bizarre ple bleached pantomime of sex. The acts on screen are beyond human endurance. The scenarios are absurd. The manicured and groomed bodies, the huge artificial breasts, the pouting oversized lips, the erections that never go down, and the sculpted bodies are unreal. Makeup and production masks blemishes. There are no beads of sweat, no wrinkle lines, no human imperfections. Sex is reduced to a narrow spectrum of sterilized dimensions. It does not include the dank smell of human bodies, the thump of a pulse, taste, breath, or tenderness. Those in the films are puppets, packaged female commodities. Pornography does not promote sex. If one defines sex as a shared act between two partners, it promotes masturbation. It promotes the solitary auto-arousal that precludes intimacy and love. Pornography is really about getting yourself off at someone else's expense. Right. I don't know how much clearer, you know, one can get <laughs> yeah. uh, than to pull back that veil and to help us realize that what we're watching on the screen is not in any way, shape or form a, a real scenario. Right. Right. It couldn't possibly be. Right. Yeah. So why do men help us understand, Corey, why do men gravitate in this direction instead of in the direction of the marriage bed where a real live woman with scents and smells and sounds and pulses and yet like right why would he gravitate toward that and have sex by himself okay and I'll, leave his wife in the lurch I'll, I'll answer that question provided you're gonna bring up the female side of it okay on why yeah. a woman would gravitate towards it deal okay um it, the biggest thing the the first thing that comes to my mind is it's so easily accessible and there is no fear of rejection I can see that. It's 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 sterile. I mean, that's basically what you're describing with it they're trying to produce <laughs> is to in that interesting? I've never thought of it that way. That they're trying to produce something that's sterile in a sense. That's perfect, that's right. without flaw or blemish. Right. And that's what it's so easy to gravitate towards because it's so readily available and accessible. I mean, you can find it on your phone, you could find it anywhere that you want it and to. And I do understand the whole, there's no risk of rejection, because when you said we have to explore the female side too, that was immediately what came to my mind. Right. Do you realize how many women are just crying out there because they've been raised to think that men want sex all the time, Right. but yet they're married to a man who rarely wants sex, Right. sometimes if ever. And she wonders what's wrong with me. Like if men want sex all the time, why am, why is my husband the exception to that rule? 
And so it's either he's looking at porn and this is porn induced impotency, like we talked on the first show, or she's running to porn because you don't get rejected as a viewer, as a female either, that no matter what you're looking for, you can find it. And I think of all the women who've come through women at the well. And when I ask them point blank, what are the words you put in your search engine? Those words are so telling to indicate what is the pain in your past that you're trying to medicate with these images that take your brain to a totally different place where you're not rejected any longer. Right. Right. Yeah. Because we all want to be desired. We all want to be pursued, if you will. And it's and if if you can find it in a virtual world so easily, it's pretty easy to see why lots of men because the men I've always worked with and even in my own life, pornography is an issue when I have too much boredom going on in my life Mm -hmm. when there's no passion and I just have too much free time in a sense. I've got, you know, there's nothing, nothing really to spark. Well, it, it fits that model of addiction. They say that when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or bored, right. Those are the times when that need will bubble up right? and that you need to be very, very self-aware of, wait a minute, there's healthier ways that I can satisfy my hunger or, uh, or, you know, to quell my anger or yeah. ease my loneliness or to get the rest that I need or to occupy my time in a productive, healthy way. Right. Because I don't know anybody who's addicted to porn who feels really good about it. <laughs> that just flaunts it. And yeah. 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 Most people who acknowledge that they are addicted, that they want to stop, but feel as if they can't stop. It is absolutely overwhelming to them. Right. And uh, you know, the scenario that comes to mind is um, there was a gal who um, I know that I've told the story before on the show about the gal who fantasized about two men and one woman. And it turns out she had two brothers and one of them sexually abused her. And she used to fantasize about the younger one walking in and disrupting the cycle. So you right. can see how it applies to her adult fantasies. But there was another gal who she had the exact same fantasy of two men and one woman, but she only had one brother. So it really didn't fit with her family of origin you know, issues. But as I began to ask her questions, um, I asked her, you know, what are her earliest memories of, you know, like years one through 10. But then when we got into years 10 through 20, she remembered so many of her friends blossoming at 12, 13, 14 years old, developing breasts, hips, having boys show interest, having boyfriends by the time they're 13 or 14 years old. She did not have any of that. When she blossomed, she blossomed, uh, through the middle instead of top and bottom. And she didn't have her first boyfriend until she was like 19 years old. Okay. And so going through her teenage years, feeling different, feeling yep. left out, feeling awkward, that image of having two men with you, it's like double the attention. Right. It, it like makes up for right. the extreme lack of attention from all right. those years ago. So you know, just looking at what is the pain that I'm yeah. trying to medicate here? Yeah. So important. Yeah, because we're all trying to medicate somehow, some way, for life in a fallen world. We all try to help take the edge off, if you will, of loneliness, of desire, of, you know, however it is the pain that we have that helps us feel just a little bit better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that one of the most common searches out there is that search of two women together. And I just so believe there is so much of that rooted in mother issues. 
Okay. You know, whether we're male or female, we're born to a woman. Right. The first place that we're drawn is to her breast. We okay. formed our earliest bonds with the scent of a woman. Right. And so, you know, a lot of women tell me that they're so bewildered and, and humiliated and ashamed of the fact that when they look at porn, they look at female porn okay. of, of girl on girl. Right. Uh, and I, I just think that looking at those earliest relationships with the significant females in your life is a very important clue. It is. Um, and that's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I know you and I were both doing different uh, retreats that we were brought in to speak at this past weekend. And, mm -hmm. and we were I, on opposite ends of the country, you <laughs> yeah, in California and yeah, me we in were. Ohio. But you in Hollywood land, even though I know you weren't near Hollywood. I was in but, tech land. And, I was up by San Francisco. So it's all okay, techie. But, but I was in Amish country. I was in a Mennonite church. <laughs> yes. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> two, there are two different ends of the spectrum. Um, Can you picture me in a Mennonite church? I, uh, I just thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go but, ahead. I can totally picture you in Techland. Okay. Well, it, 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 maybe that's why we clicked because it was a lot, a lot of fun. But it's it's funny because I, I had one of the couples came up to me during one of the breaks and, and said, that he recognized through the course of, of their married life, and then it was just kind of confirmed at the retreat with what I was talking about, that um, a lot of the stuff that he thought was wrong in his marriage was fear in him. And it was... And it, it, Say that again. Oh, well, a lot of the stuff he thought was wrong in his marriage was fear in him. In him. And so what we're talking about here, because I actually said this, to them because we were talking about fantasies because what he had recognized is that his fantasies that he was afraid of were actually steering him to, towards something good, which is kind of the whole mantra you bring up mm -hmm. that we don't need to be scared of it in the sense of as long as I'm not acting it out, but I let it kind of go where it goes. It'll now start... you're talking about fantasy, not porn, right? I am, but, but those okay. two are closely. Make sure people understand right. what we're saying. But I would say those two are closely tied because it's easy to let fantasy spill over into, oh, I can find this in porn and now I feel better. Right, but, but it's not I, finding I just think a solution. That people have to right. separate the two. That is it. absolutely vital to your Com integrity. Completely agree. But what he's so we were talking about that because I just made the comment and what you said earlier where it fits of, you know, the uh, uh, a fantasy or a seeking out porn of two women and a man, you know, because my wife, you know, Pam asked me years ago, you know, is that do you fall into the same fantasy that most men have of? You want to have two women at one time, and I was like, "No, I don't." One is I, all you can handle. I, I'm, I'm too, I'm scared of that. You know, you should be because it's all like men should be. absolutely. It's like I, I have hard enough time trying to keep up with one woman, trying to keep exactly. up with two. Holy cow! And I remember that. I remember that scene, and I think the movie was called Sex Without Strings or something like that. It had Ashton Kutcher in it, where these two girls start going at it, and he's all thrilled to get to watch, and he's thinking he's going to be a part, and they basically just push him away. It's like, yeah, pal, we don't need you. Okay. <laughs> right, but it's just that whole, if you think about it, if I mean, I guess this is a good way to think about porn, of if what you seek out, if you had the chance to actually do it, would you? That's a scary question. Absolutely, because that, that could lead to a lot of different things. It really comes down to, to me, an integrity issue. Of, right. Okay. Oh, I think that you could so destroy your life, seeking totally. out even just a fraction totally. of that pleasure that we seek so freely yep. online. Totally, you could. Yeah. That, that's what the fantasy fallacy is all about, is how to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, rather than letting them take you captive and destroying your life. Right. 
Right. And that's that's the thing because it's interesting because while I was gone over the weekend, I got an email from a, a reader that we've been kind of going back and forth over the last couple of years of just he's opened up some stuff to me. And I'm not going to share that just because I treat that confidential. But it's I'll share what I've wrote back of my journey in this whole world of pornography is learning how to separate it out to separate out the masturbation that typically goes with it. So that right. way and we need to do a whole nother show on that topic. I right agree. There. Yeah, I agree. Just because that's those two are typically so tied together that mm -hmm. you could make one of them bad just because it's associated with the other. And, right. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily true. So it's it's starting to recognize that, okay, there's different things that if I'm seeking out a release out of emptiness, that's when the secretness in the porn usually comes in. Because I'm you know, that's that's where pornography becomes a, an addictive kind of a thing that it's just because I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling empty. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling whatever. And so, oh, that'll help at least bring a little bit of a spike. And uh, that's not a good thing. That doesn't that no. doesn't satisfy something no. deeper, which is what I'm really trying to seek out in the first place. Right. It, it, it's like scratching an itch, thinking that you're doing yourself a favor, but it's really poison ivy. And now you're just going to make it itch all the worse and you're going to draw blood type right, of a thing. Right. Uh, I'm also reading this book right now called Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership about confronting confronting potential failures. And of course they do a lot of case studies of major leaders throughout history. And it just seems like what, what, keep, what keeps coming up over and over and over again is the sexual failures of leaders <laughs> right. and, and how that is like the number one. And it would be really interesting to do a study on what is the average number of years that a young man looks at porn before he acts out and does something that wreaks havoc in his world. Yeah. yeah, because I would think that it probably wouldn't take that many years before he feels the need for more. Because, like you said earlier, it is very progressive. Absolutely. And to be satisfied with looking at it on a screen and not experiencing it firsthand, I can imagine would become difficult year after year after year. Yeah. Especially if you started looking at it young, which, you know, in today's day and age, they do. They start you sure really, can. really young. Yep, you sure can. Yeah. And it, I go back to um, what Dr. Bill Struther, who wrote the book Wired for Intimacy, we had an interview with him. Yep. Uh, I would definitely encourage listeners to seek that interview out. I just think he's one of the most brilliant men on the planet when it comes to this particular topic. He talks about how from an evolutionary perspective, we're only wired to see one naked person in our lifetimes through a sexual lens. You know, I'm, obviously we see our babies naked and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, you know, from a from a sexual arousal point of view, we're supposed to be wired to be aroused by one person. And as they age, our taste changes with their body such that that bond stays strong. I so wish that was the case in everyone's life. But unfortunately, what right. porn does is it rapes your brain right. over and over and over again. Right. When you see image after image after image of naked people with other naked people and just no longer is that vision of your beloved completely naked and bearing their heart, soul, and body to you, no, no longer is that sacred. Right. And I think that that's sad. Yeah. And th that's the, I mean, that that's the struggle, I, I think, to bring this back to where we started of why we don't go it, it why, why Pam and I don't have this as part of our married life. Because mm -hmm. that's, I think we could all agree and I'm speaking for a huge audience here, <laughs> so it could be wrong, and I'm sure there's exceptions. So send those emails to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. <laughs> but I, I think we would. Yeah, I think I would. We could agree 
that if you're doing this in secret, you got a problem. And everybody knows that that's where it's kind of laced with guilt. And there's this whole, I, I know, I know, yeah, I know this isn't helping my life. But then we get into this area of, but what about a couple? What about a couple that wants to use this as an aid in their married life? What about a couple that wants to, that dabbles with it, whatever? That this is where it's still that, oh, I don't know. Because it's a really gray issue. What are you replacing it? What are you using that to replace that you could find between you? That's, exactly. That's the issue I've got. And, and that's the interesting thing, too. And maybe this is something to explore later. Because when it comes to Covenant Spice and the toys and the different mm -hmm. things, and even at the getaway, you know, you were a big proponent of it. And mm -hmm. Pam and I are like, ah, we've never used anything. And it's like, I don't see why. I've got things that work, you know, to so does she. Right. And, and it it's is that whole, personal right, it is that whole, okay, that's worth exploring on, but it's not worth exploring between necessarily us on the show. It's worth exploring for Pam and I of, mm -hmm. okay, what what is this about? What's the deal? What's Because we all have our own upbringing and it's just realizing where is the line of, uh, am I getting too close to the edge of the slope <laughs> or mm -hmm. not? For, right. my, for me in my married life. Well, and I love what you just said, because you have parts that work. Uh, you know, like if we're fully investing ourselves in each other, there shouldn't be a need for right. external right. stimulation. And, and when you're talking about porn, you're talking about an adrenaline high that's really hard to replace when it's just a husband and wife together. And ba so basically, if you have been looking at porn together, you're gonna have to go through a season where you cleanse the palate and redevelop an appetite for organic sex, where right. it's just the two of you together in your marriage bed, but it can be restored. It totally can be restored. Right. And you can feel really good about the intimacy that you're sharing with one another right. and not feel bad about what are you contributing to in society by being a part of the whole porn industry because at the bottom line, it is human trafficking. Yes. It is human trafficking. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me, Corey, I, I know that we're running really close to time, but uh, it makes me so, so sad. There's this uh, contest going on, uh, America's Next Top Virgin. They're auctioning off a 20-year-old girl's virginity to the highest bidder, and they're going to let bids go on for a full year. And when I read the article that somebody sent to me, it broke my heart because the only reason she's doing this is her family's house burned down, and they have been living in the burned-out shell of their home for all this time. And she's excited about helping her family rebuild their life. It's like, where are we as a society that we wouldn't just bring in Habitat for Humanity or get right. a big church group together to rebuild her house? Why are we gonna let her auction off her virginity in, instead? It's yeah. just, ah! So look at where we are as a society yeah. and ask yourself, what part do I play right. in, this, in the downward spiral of a society? Right, because sometimes you've got to take a stand. And just start you to do. say, you know what? That's it. I'm not even no going to go close thrill. to it. Yeah, I'm not even going to yeah. go close to it because of what that represents. It may not be an issue for me in my marriage, but I'm not even going to follow along any longer just because I don't want to be a part of that in my life and in my married life. Yep. Organic sex is plenty good enough when you're fully present and fully invested. It is. And that yeah. leads me to when we're talking about organic, I have to say... Thank you to the listeners of Sexy Marriage Radio. Because of the organic nature this show has evolved to and the spread that it has is because of our listeners. Yeah, I, I love that segue. And you guys uh, yeah, when rock. You, when, 
when you told me that we were getting 82,000 downloads a month, I just kind of shuddered. I, I had no <laughs> idea that God was using us yeah. like that. <laughs> it, the message is growing, and, and it's awesome to see. And if you want to be a part of helping us get it even further, we'd love for you to join us. Be a be, Become a bed buddy. And that's just by finding the purple button and click on it. You'll find all the information of how you can support us at whatever level you're comfortable or capable of. But we would love to have you on board with us. Yeah, because it, it takes a village. It really does, and it helps us grow and and tackle issues at a deeper level that no one else is talking about. And, and to get this information out to more and more people. Yeah. I love that we were able to talk to so many professional counselors and pastors at the AACC convention recently to just let them know about this free resource exactly. where it's 30 minutes of sex therapy a week. Their eyes lit up. Ooh, don't you want to give me a whole handful of those postcards <laughs> to pass out to my clients? Yes, we do. Absolutely. <laughs> So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We are honored every week we get invited into your home and into mm -hmm. your home, into your bedroom and into your car and into your ears. So we got something that you uh, want to hear more about or a question, send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Yep. We love you for listening. See you next time.